All right, everybody, welcome back to the Street and Lawn podcast, uh, back with another lacrosse episode talking about the UVA men's team over the past, gosh, I guess, week and a half, two weeks. Uh, and per usual, uh, to talk about lacrosse, I have Caroline with me. Caroline, Hello. how you doing? Oh, hey. Yeah. yeah. It's been, what, a week, like you said, a week and a half. We've got three games to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think we we were, we were you know, slouching a little bit, you know, we got... <laughs> Off hey, the it's grind. busy end of the season. You guys are yeah. You guys are lucky you're getting this one. There's no there's no other sports going on right now. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're none at all. About. It's definitely not ACC tournament selection um, Sunday week. No, no, yeah. No. And so I don't know what we're doing with the basketball podcast. We'll either <laughs> I doubt we'll jump on one before the Thursday game. We might get we on should, one. We should hide some basketball nuggets at the end of this one. And uh, I'm down for that. And that way, like, get people to listen. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wait till the end for Caroline's shocking reveal about Kihei Clark. I know. Um, I've got, you know, we talked to the guys yesterday for pre-ACC tournament media availability. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, while Caroline was up in, you know, hootie tootie basketball world in Charlottesville, (laughs) I made the trek to Baltimore. Yes, the true true fan. Yeah, the true, yeah. Um, to see UVA beat Johns Hopkins, number t- number one UVA beat number 10 Johns Hopkins, 18 to 13. Um, of course, we have two games before that to talk about, including UVA's, oh gosh, was it 25 25 8? 8 was Jesus the win yeah. over Richmond. And, and then uh, 17 to 6. Against Ohio State before that. Yes, um, so we'll go back to Ohio State and sort of filter our way through. Um, really dominant performance against Ohio State against a team with a good defense good individual defenders especially especially deep holes and a capable if maybe a little bit of a stagnant offense but with players like Jack Myers who can really threaten them um I think that Ohio State game was massive for the defense Kate Austad in particular yeah he looked great he looked great against Richmond the next outing um we'll talk about defense against Hopkins but um just a masterful performance and And he's healthy he's healthy like he he was he had the knee injury throughout last year and it was obvious and even the opening game this season I thought there were a couple plays where I was like he's not like running that out is there something yeah but by the second game dude is crushing and I mean the whole defense the first couple games, like we talked about previously, just like seemed a little disconnected. Like the yeah. short sixty middies were like just a step behind, or the doubles were coming at the wrong time, or the yeah. slide, you know. And and it is going to happen over the course of the season. And you saw some examples of this last night or yesterday mm-hmm. afternoon, since apparently they now play four p.m. games um, on Tuesdays. I got a text from the blogs Paul Wiley at like seven p.m. and was like, "So the game was at four? it's like yeah you didn't see it and he's like nope thought it was at seven um but it was there were a few times in that game and and hopkins is not quite the hopkins of the 90s or whatever you want to say the early 2000s but they are significantly better than they were last year i think they are a top 10 team that was this is what's going to happen now guys so we talk about virginia beating ohio state so badly ohio state's like eight in the most recent poll <laughs> like, yeah they're actually yeah. up from a week ago yeah despite also losing to cornell who's number yeah. three like and this is just like, the thing with college across is that yeah yeah it's hard if, if virginia is going to start beating team like i if hopkins wins this weekend they probably but, don't fall 
Well, they also, yeah, they have some good wins. I mean, they beat Carolina, they they beat St. John's, they beat Georgetown. And I know Georgetown, you know, with with, one and three. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so Hopkins is a perfectly capable team. So Um, I was going to say there were times against Hopkins where, you know, they have the pieces that can rotate the ball well enough where the slide is a step late. And there were a couple goals like that. And that's going to happen in games. It's just like in basketball when a team perfectly executes an offensive set that gets the far side open for yeah. a, a good look at a three. Like that's what you're like, okay, that's if that's going to, how you're going to beat us. Like that's how this d- defense is designed. Yeah. Um, but against Ohio state one, the defense was outstanding. They mm-hmm. clearly, if you hold a, my dad always said lessons with Papa Darns dad always said, if you can hold a team to seven, like you should win the game. 100 yeah. out of 100 times because your offense should be able to score more than seven goals and like inflated seven is always that's probably been... like nine now yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna tell him you said that no inflated for inflated for non-wooden sticks and, and helmets that don't lace clock. up in the back and yeah that's yeah. true the shot clock yeah um, but it is that's always been the number that i use to gauge is like that seven eight range because yeah, of yeah. He, because he told me that like you know when i was an undergrad yeah and uh in, you know, 19 whatever. No. <laughs> relax sorry. <laughs> relax. <laughs> sorry, sorry you're sorry. not allowed to do that birthday week that's rude <laughs> um and so so yes yeah, so the defensive performance was really encouraging to see um and i think um i have the stat sheet open here you know cause turnovers especially yeah. in that game i mean that was what like k didn't just lock down jack myers he held i think he held him to two assists no two goals um he also like made his life just complete hell he i mean Kate's all set. Yeah, yeah four cause turnovers matsui had two yeah. um the short Cold 60 minutes you're right and and that's like low for him yeah. um and and having Sostad healthy allows the defense to you allow Cade to guard the number one guy which yeah. means then you then have Cole Kastner on the back side which yeah. is something that I think we talked about is sort of like all of a sudden you have Ryan Dunn sliding into your face yeah. on the back side because you have I guess I don't know Isaiah Wilkins you know to be able to yeah. lock up the number one guy yeah. and so um you got DeAndre massive. you got DeAndre Hunter on number one and you got Ryan Dunn coming right behind you yeah exactly, exactly. yeah yeah and so that, that that's like the the depth there is really nice and I thought that against Michigan maybe a little bit less against Harvard the Harvard defensive performance is hard to analyze just like they only really let up 13 goals as the starters but like it was gross at the yeah. end um and but I thought the short safety middies were have been really good since then. Like I, I thought like Evan Zinn has looked really solid. Grayson Soliday, after getting beat sort of underneath to DLE a couple of times against Michigan, has been stout and obviously he's, you know, eight months or nine months now removed from a torn ACL. Like, okay, it makes sense that maybe he needed a couple of weeks to get going. Um Noah Chismar is great in transition. Like this defense is clicking on all cylinders. I didn't mean to necessarily go all defense, but like no, as it, well. No, what I was, was going to yeah. say too is it, it, there's something that we could talk about as yeah. just a thing to keep an eye on. And I don't think that it's a thing yet. This is not a thing in my opinion because yeah. I, and it, it's, and it's noons had a tough day at Hopkins. Yeah. Let's just talk defense. And so we can include all three games. Like, yeah, we'll do defense, offense, special teams. That's fine. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. hard to and go so, game by game. It's tough to, but I'm not going to be hard on Nunes because one, that the Tuesday, sometimes here's the thing, sometimes goalies just don't see it one day and that's totally fine. That's just, that is just the way of the world. And he came up with enough saves 
in a game that Virginia won by five and led by yeah. three to six goals for the entirety. So like yeah. this has now gotten us into extreme nitpicky mode right, in the exactly. sense that I remember talking to, I was good friends with JJ Morrissey, the 2006 championship team mm-hmm. um, that went undefeated. Yeah. Like, and I remember talking to him after they beat Notre Dame in the first round of the NCAA tournament that year that they played in Charlottesville and they won by four again, again, in the tournament against a, at the time, not ACC team, but a good, I think they were independent. They were capable that year. Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame was not, that was, they were not as good as they are now, but they were not a bad, like it was a good first round matchup, like a tough first round matchup and Virginia won by four controlled it for the entire game. And I remember talking to JJ, um, later that night out with friends and i was like dude i was getting a little stressed at the end and he was like i know like it was way too close and then we sat over a second we're like that was a four goal win in the NCAA tournament like what are we talking about because that team had just kicked everyone's ass the whole season and so when you win games 25 to 8 and 17 to 6 and all of a sudden it's 18 to 13 you're like oh no what's going wrong yeah right and so when you look at you know i look at the box score for Ohio State and you might be like oh uh only had eight saves for well yeah well he had yeah he had all eight saves yeah um but that was on 14 shots on goal right (laughs) and only six goals allowed you know what I mean like it was a really good performance same thing against Richmond he had uh nine saves and six goals allowed because they put Roselle in at the end like and he's not facing a volume of shots either and I'm not prepared and that was the thing with the the like I said you can have days there were probably two or three against Hopkins that I was like you probably should have gotten that but there were also several for a a very for the entire first half Hopkins had goals off of extra man and then three in transition transition. three in transition and one settled I think I counted yeah um and so I had a whole conversation with my dad at halftime. I was like, Hopkins isn't able to like, they're not executing on the set in the six on six. Like, yeah. you know, and so that can be a lot tougher for a goalie in transition. And Hopkins mm-hmm. has good shooters. Like that's one of those things. So yeah. it's kind of like they were putting him in tough situations. You know, the commentators talked about a lot that the defense, I think that's something they need to figure out if they want to do it in those yeah. transition situations, they were not sliding to the guy with the ball, mm-hmm. which in one sense can be smart. Because yeah. if you're weighing your options, and it was actually very similar in the uh, 2021 title game against Maryland. Yes. Yeah, they let Weirman shoot. Yeah, exactly. So they let Weirman, the face-off guy, when, when he won the face-off, they were like, they basically drove, not drove him center, but they gave him the center because the thought process when we talked about after the game was, why are we going to slide off of an All-American attackman? Right. And you're talking specifically in the last play of the game. Yes, just the last play of the game. But also like, a couple times e- even earlier than that, they, they yeah. let him shoot. But yeah. And so you're kind of like, the, this thought process is, I guess we'll do more stuff in like basketball terms. Like if, I, if I'm giving up a shot, I'd rather it be the 6'11 center who doesn't yeah. take any and is shooting, you know, 11% on the season because he's only thrown up a couple on yeah. last second heaves. Like you take that shot versus closing in on him and letting him kick it to the guy that's shooting 42%. So I get that. But at the same time, like 
if there's all those transition goals like and it's the same thought process i think for this hop for like the way it went in hopkins is like yeah we're not going to slide off of degnan or you know whoever else these um i don't know actually which guys were attacking midfield and really bad with that like keeping up with the like cramp for degnan or like these guys that were putting in goals make the short stick defensive midfielder beat your goalie right. and he did and they did and so yeah. that's the question where you're like okay how do you um, I think they had three extra man goals, three or four. Yeah, they were three for five on extra yeah. man goals, which, yeah. I mean, Lars talks about sort of like letting penalties happen. I think the fact that three of those were on offensive players is yeah, that's annoying. frustrating. <laughs> and somewhat like one was like procedural. One was just shots, like hitting a guy high. And I think that was not a non-releasable. Yeah, it's a tough balance because on the one hand, you want those guys to be feisty on the ground. You want them yep. to win the extra possessions. You want them to ride well. And you want to sort of emphasize, hey, Griffin shuts like 6'2", 225, 230. Go make plays with your body when the ball's on the ground. But at the same time, like it's a tough balance. And, and you can't say, oh, you need to cut out those penalties. Because if you cut out those penalties, then you probably cut out a couple of ground balls and a couple right. of this, that, and the other. Something um, that they've been dominating. Yeah. In oh, my God. Balls. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and we, so we, you know, like we said, we, we asked Lars, Tiffany about this specifically. I asked him, like, you know, hey, what do you need to do to cut back on some of these penalties? Because they've had that. If I'm going to point to one issue, issue, quote unquote, that this team yeah. has had so far through five games or whatever it's been. I'd say like there's too many penalties. They're spending too much time in the penalty box. And yeah. so some of that, like we said, like if you're going off sides, like that's an easy fix. Like yeah, just yeah. fix it. Right. Um in May, that's not a penalty, probably. Yeah. And so it's just like leave it alone. Um, but he said, and so Lars has always been in favor. He's fine with turnovers on yeah. offense if it means you're trying things and being aggressive with the ball. And like if Connor Schellenberger wants to try and at an ambitious pass to Xander right. Dixon on the crease and it ends up in a turnover Lars is fine with that because right. one unlike unlike basketball they play a high possession fast-paced lacrosse game it's mm -hmm. one of the things that has drawn a lot of the talent I think especially offensively yeah. to Charlottesville because it's a fun fast-paced way to play and so they're fine with turnovers if they're trying to do like they're trying to push the pace or trying to do something so that that's something he's willing to accept and yeah. he said the way he looks at it is defensively, that's mm -hmm. the equivalent of the turnover. He's like, now I want our man down unit to be better. They need to be better. Um, I'm always like, I'm like, that's well, a little unfair. There's well, one extra the thing, guy. <laughs> but the yes, thing, they can be better at it. But <laughs> I think it's interesting. And I don't think I want to criticize Lars for this because I think it's a long game thing. Yeah. With the man down defense. They're like man down, like first group is Kate Sostad, Cole Kastner. Uh, th those two guys are, you know, starting close defenders. You have Grayson Soliday, who is your smartest, most experienced short stick D midi. And then you have Tommy McNeil, who's the team's probably second LSM at this point, and uh, Jake Julieri, who all very capable players. For instance, though, like when Cade Sawstad had that quote unquote slash and I believe the third quarter, which really wasn't a slash, but when he got flagged for that, he came out and they threw George Fulton in. And I think George Fulton's going to be a very capable player, but mm -hmm. he also just got completely fooled by a box fake from behind the goal and, yeah. and let up a goal. And so it's sort of a, okay, do you want to throw sort of your like 
fifth, sixth, seventh poles in there? Would you rather play a Griffin Kologi, a Quentin Matsui, a Scott Bauer in order to sort of have more experience, more um, talent per se yeah. on the man down unit? Or do you want to give these guys the opportunity to specialize in this and learn and grow throughout the season? It might be a growing pain in March that is a is more valuable in yeah. May and because I think the group is better. That. And I so I that. like yeah. that's sort of where I'm at. Whereas yesterday I was like, are they really like they couldn't throw one of their other like three or four starting poles in there and then they get scored on you're like oh but then you think okay well against Notre Dame in the semifinals in May it's going to be nice that they can throw in this specialized man down group and say like say an injury happens for instance and then you you know just guys have depth guys have experience and, yeah. and it's sort of like it all works together and so i think that that's sort of a long run thing where it's like the man down might not be great now hopefully it will be by the end of the year yeah and again this is the if we're spending this much time nitpicking this one part exactly of it, like yeah. this yeah we're living life like, right, exactly. yeah and it's they've just been the D, the improvement of the d middies i think has been significant just mm-hmm. from game one to game five and the, yeah. one of the things that lars has always said too is this is not a simple defense that they run because you could mm-hmm. make the statement that especially again like michigan they had some just blatant errors yeah. like just defensive miscues and that sort of stuff did not matter in the long run they crushed and won by a lot um against harvard again we've talked in depth about like you know and i think we saw a much cleaner substitution pattern in the richmond game where that didn't happen and at the same time the rich this is richmond's a solid team richmond's like borderline top 20 team like they're they're in the receiving votes after getting their asses kicked like from on saturday so that's in dan shamati is a great coach like that is a good, it's a solid program that has quickly thrived in that location. So this is not meant as like a slight yeah. to those players, but the attackmen on Harvard starting unit are a step above the, like where you'd have the attackmen on the Richmond starting unit. So yeah. when you have that disparity, like we talked about, like it's um, Harvard just kind of stat loading at the end there against the backups was like, right. okay, it is what it is. Um, so it's really difficult to take any defense stuff from the last second half of the Harvard game. Right. Um, but the way that they've improved incrementally. And so you, you, again, you'd say like, okay, if you bring back the entire unit, so you bring back the starting three defensemen, yeah. you've got experience there. You've got, you know, um, the short stick D middies are back. Should they have those issues? And again, we mentioned solid nine months removed from ACL surgery. Right. Um, but Danny Parker just, is out for the year, so they're missing a short stick team. They're missing or a I, short stick team. I believe he's out for the year with a shoulder. He had shoulder surgery had a, uh, like recently. One of those stabilizing. Yeah, yeah. They've got like a couple of guys with those. Yeah. Um, but all yeah. this to say, they run a complex defense, and yes. it does take time. Because even practice wise, like that's yeah. you're talking about practice. Like that's not the game. Like it's not yeah. the same as game reps. And um, the nice thing is like they have to face the best offense every single day in practice. Yeah. yeah. So it's a pretty good. It was funny when, cause I asked Cade that about that after the Richmond game, he was like, yeah, you know, it's like, 
he kind of he kind of figure he, he didn't say like oh we figured them out well we kind of like know what they do now so it's like not the same but it's like oh yeah it's still a great test it was just funny to sort of like hear that sort of comment where it's like because they know what they run so when you're going yeah, ones to be ones it's sort of like an interesting i, I would love and to people like have tendencies full practice yeah, yeah. I would lo- people I would have love... tendencies shooting tendencies and right, right. you know and so and they, that's they know of... the off-ball movement probably better yeah. than any other defense in the country um I think we've talked at good length about the defense. Things in a good spot. Lars, interestingly, did say that he thought he got outcoached by Hopkins' offensive staff uh, yesterday, which Hopkins I thought ran was... some good stuff. They ran some good stuff. And Second I don't half. Think that, Second right, half. Yeah. And I don't think that that's Lars, like... That's just Lars holding himself to a high standard, which you yeah. love. You love from your head coach to be able 100%. to say, like, yeah, like, I got sort of beaten in this game. It wasn't the team. I, back to the noon thing. Like, he had three first quarter saves, then let nine straight goals in. Yep. <laughs> and then ended with five saves in the fourth quarter. And yeah. he had one late in the third. So, like, six yeah. saves in the last 16 minutes or so. Yeah. That's huge. He like that, that's, stepped it up. He stepped right. it and up. And so, I think that he deserves a, a tremendous amount of credit for sort of coming up and sort of waking up when he needed to. Yeah. Um, some of those I were, think the I think the one at the end of the third was a life that was massive like yeah, in a lot of ways it's just like it you know got him out of the funk like okay got it yeah I don't know I didn't see like depending on where which where they were which spot the sun was in doing weird things the sun was weird the wind was wild yeah you know, like, I'm not, again I'm not trying to make excuses for the kid and he was cold it was cold there and when yeah. you were in the shade it was cold and there were there was definitely a period sort of in that middle middle of the game and sort of or after the early minutes where he just wasn't getting shots and then when he started to get shots he was getting shelled from inside 10 yards so it's impossible right. to pick up and, and it wasn't just like dunks on the crease where he can sometimes make yeah. a big play and get in a rhythm it was like no Which step downs from eight yards yeah. right um from again really well placed shots they had some yeah. really yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not worried about him. He's a great goalie. I've already seen a few of the like, you know, oh, should we be worried? He doesn't someone nah. saying like, you know, people saying like, he doesn't steal any goals, you know what I mean? I was like, that's not accurate. Well, like, I just feel like you didn't watch yeah. him last year if you think that he's not saving. Yeah. No, Basically they're saying that he only saves what he really should save and right. like nothing more and I don't agree with that. Assessment. I think he absolutely can. Maybe he didn't against Hopkins, maybe he, he didn't against quite... Hopkins. But no, also was... like he's getting he's... 15 shots a game when they're beating teams by double digits. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's coming out in the third quarter like Connor Yeah, Conner, I don't really. know what so you it's, want it's to kind do. of hard. To... Right, yeah. it's like Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, I guess we should talk about this offense. It's some pretty I don't know. Well. Shout out to Petey first. Thir- like, yeah, I, well, I was going to do Petey last or oh, as a okay, part sorry, of the sorry. offense. I was going like up the yeah, field. Yeah, well, let's, let's go Petey. We'll go Petey. Um, <laughs> he gets his own little. No points yesterday. Yeah. No what goals a, what a, against a... Richmond. He like, should have had an assist, and this is not to knock Saladay. Hockey assist. Hockey assist. But the pass that he had to Saladay right before the half after they, so they made it 10 oh. to 5 after the turnover and like took advantage yeah and it was the because sometimes pd has these like why not sometimes a lot of times he's these wild passes yeah like if you are on the field with him after he wins a face-off you just have to constantly be prepared like constant vigilance because he will sling that thing at you from like in front of him he's throwing it back like all these wild things but he had a perfectly placed like over the shoulder pass to Soliday in stride who i think missed the cage by like millimeters and i was yeah. like oh you should have gotten an assist for that it was beautiful well the one play he had like so early in the game it was okay we're gonna do the pd Rosala invert and yeah it's him, yeah i believe he's going against the faceoff guy and they're like okay connor schellenberger number one attackman in the country set a pick for your faceoff guy behind exactly. the goal <laughs> and so then pd drives lefty 
Upfield from X. This is not something. Listen, there's like all the like, oh, there's the face off. There's the non Fogo Fogos who can like score after winning the face off. No, no, no. PD Lasala is a schemed up part of the offense. No, he's not going to play like normal six on six. They're not going to sub him on. Right. But when he's on the field, he's a legitimate threat, not yes. just as like a guy to use in the picking game to get a mismatch again. No, he's he drives up field lefty. I don't know how you say it, but from X yeah. in his left hand draws a slide he draws a slide yeah that's wild like makes the perfect pass to thomas mcconvier at the top of uh you know i don't know the top of the restraining box i guess who then finds xander dixon wide open on the crease for a goal and like that's a hockey assist that goal is created by pd lasala though yeah um he also won 22 out of 33 faceoffs that he took for 66 percent he had 11 uh ground balls meaning that he essentially won half of his own face-offs to himself um which is similar like really impressive um and that's really valuable because when because that just you know you don't have to involve the wings you don't have to make it even at all interesting if he can do that 11 times out of 33 face-offs then that's a clear UFA possession um yeah he's that, winning yeah. over the last three games he's um 64 percent at the x yeah. right that's and so do it that, that will absolutely do it, especially with the offensive production that yeah. he brings, which oh, it, probably the, bumps his value up. The beginning of every game has been like make it, take it, and it's, exactly. And I'd they're getting say into such early for leads. other teams, but it's fun as hell. Like yeah, exactly. it's he's just winning it, and and this guy's just a workhorse. Like he's battled injuries and yeah, um, took thirty three out of thirty five faceoffs yesterday, even yeah. with a top ten faceoff guy or top ten recruit in the country as a faceoff guy as his second. Yeah. Um, so he's done yeah uh barely any if any against him violations yesterday too so yeah maybe one, one. earlier i remember looking down yeah. the statue and seeing one at some point um but yeah i, I think the test for him is and we haven't mentioned this yet but the test for him is in a week and a half when maryland and luke Wehrman come to town yeah um i, I assume this is the, we won't podcast about towson individually so i'll just say yeah. this now if PD wins 40% against Weirman. That's a win, I think, because Maryland needs – because this Maryland offense is not Maryland's offense of last year or the year before. They just don't have the dudes. They're well coached. They have good players. They have capable shooters. They don't have – Right, but they don't have, like – they don't have a Logan Wisnowskis. They don't have a Khan. They don't have a Bernhardt. They don't have – the, the first time in like in 45 past. years they don't have a Bernhardt, it feels like exactly well they have one on staff um <laughs> so there, there will be one in charlotte's moment yeah um so but if pd can be competitive against weirman which he yeah. frankly wasn't really last year after yeah. dominating him in the national championship game in 2021 then i think uva wins by four because yeah. I and and we'll get to the offense and talk about sort of the matchup with the Maryland defense. But if if PDs makes it at all competitive, so that Weirman is not dominating, UVA's offensive and defensive efficiency is is too great. It's just better than Maryland, even though Maryland has a very stout, very good defense with although a backup goalie, a very capable goalie who's playing well. Um, who's like he's I, I'm blanking on his name but with Logan McEnany being out for the year he's come in well as sort of like a top 50 goal top 50 recruit in the country as a goalie um, and it's played well but if PD can neutralize Weirman to some degree then then that's a UVA 
probably a UVA win, which is is crazy to say. And that's a hard ask because Weirman has been winning 70% of his faceoffs over the last season and a half. Yeah. And I think it'll be an interesting, so we've talked about this is kind of going back down the field of the defense a little bit, but looking at Towson mm-hmm. could be, could be a long, long day for our friends from Baltimore on yeah, I mean, they Saturday because they played well, Loyola competitively who beat Maryland. So like, I don't think that Towson's a slouch, but. Okay, so here's why I say this. Um, do you know how many shots they took against UMBC? Uh, Towson? Uh-huh. Uh, For the game. Uh, 35? 24. Okay. 24 total shots. Um. And UMBC's capable. They're they're probably well in top twenty, but yeah, twelve of them were on goal. Okay, twelve shots on goal in the entire game is not yeah. going to get it done against Virginia's defense. No, against Virginia. Like, no, I'm not saying that. No, and, no, like, no, no, no. I know yeah, they're yeah. no slouch, and they and I don't think Virginia will go into any game as like, oh, this is look at the point, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I in just the sense that like, and because but their faceoff guys winning like 51 percent. the problem with like looking at stats right now yeah is that ncaa has no discernment when they put stuff in as i don't know how or why like they they don't put in so i think the acc does it the opposite way with basketball and stuff where it's like their requirements to make the like stat sheets are too extreme especially when it comes to like three point oh yeah like where it's like must shoot at least four attempts per game type thing where you're like right. well there's not people there's sometimes there are good three-point shooters that don't shoot four of them a game or like i don't whatever point eight and run a slow offense well and it or it's whatever so but the NCAA site right now is just like sure hartford you've played one game and everyone else has played five but this one guy had nine goals so he's now the points leader in the country like yeah. or they have three dudes in the top 10 on yeah. face-offs because they have guys that took two and one two <laughs> like yeah, you took that's... one face-off and won it you're not a hundred percent face-off guy on the season i'm sorry like that's it's just a, not anyway it's especially annoying when it's like i'm like oh man how good are hopkins face-off guys and i'm like searching through and i'm like oh that guy he's like 57 oh he's taken 20 face-offs okay it's um, very confusing but yeah. all this to say is like the the Towson guy is winning like 50 percent. it's a nice it's a good warm-up to maryland because that is going to be like that's when things start to get like real fun yeah um down the schedule is basically from here on out like maryland on out because you've got maryland notre dame duke carolina duke syracuse all in a stretch and i'm sure Um, we'll we'll talk post maryland um absolutely let's talk about the offense offense. we've been putting it off for too long um in five games this season (laughs) uva is averaging 20.4 goals per game uh that is against i know uh i wanted them to be say at 17 against hopkins because then they would have gone 17 25 17 25 and they they could have put up 25 against towson to keep it going uh regardless they score 18 against a capable john hopkins defense without leading scorer and starting uh lefty attack in peyton cormier or second line midfielder ricky Miazon, who are both day-to-day um yes. Peyton was in a boot I thought he was using just one crutch then I yeah had I think he was on one crutch okay so I think I, think I thought I it was one, one but crutch. it could have been the angle yeah um it could have been two I was I was uh I was my dad uh, was at the game in Homewood so I, I was standing with him because it was my first time at Homewood uh sort of at halftime sort of walking around the field and then I sort of hustled up to back to the press box and and as I was walking up I was like man who are these guys walking next to me because like they're pretty big and so it's Ricky <laughs> <laughs> and then it's Peyton on crutches 
And so I was like, oh, and I was yeah, like, how are you guys walking here? Yeah. Um, and that's funny. I assume Peyton, uh, I don't believe that that happened in the game against Richmond. No, um, I think it was it happened since then. Yeah. Um, um, probably my guess. I don't have any other information on this. I'm not like, you yeah, know, it's no. not solaces. Um, my guess is that they won't play again this weekend, but not yeah. to freak out about it because I think yeah. that so Ricky injured himself on a goal yes. was so close to being like the coolest play of the season. But yeah. as Lars described after the game, is that's a lot of body to fall on yourself because yeah. he just kind of landed funny on his shoulder. Yeah. Um, he did take a hard hit he, before that. So I yes, think it was sort of like a double, yeah. like yeah. he wasn't able to really protect himself the way he was landing. Um yeah. and that is a giant human to not have the yeah. right like you know technique but thank goodness it's not a broken collarbone and that's the thing so right. the fact that he's day-to-day and i think on the broadcast they even said that they toyed with the idea of dressing him for last night yesterday afternoon yeah um so that is an extremely good sign yeah. um and then there's just <laughs> there's no real reason to force to well i mean if he's ready they'll play him like yeah if peyton's ready they'll play him if ricky's ready they'll play him a little yeah. bit here or there but um zach can you help me out with um so they put patrick mcintosh in for his first career start did he do okay yeah he did he did okay you know uh what did he what did he end up doing he he had six goals Um, how many shots did he take he took uh seven Seven. yeah seven shots this team is ridiculous when we talked to patrick mcintosh this week for media availability he had 16 career points, 14 last year, two so far this year with a goal and assist against Ohio State. Um, against Richmond, he had three goals and two assists. You know, pretty solid that, yeah. performance. At one point in my article, because he had three goals against Hopkins, I was like, okay, he's probably not going to score. He's probably not going to score more. So I was like, back-to-back hat tricks. Had to change that um, because change he that finished with six uh, and was phenomenal. He was unbelievable. He was really good in a variety of different ways. Yes, the like last was, one from way out with the yeah little worm in the bottom left corner and, on that and thing he, too against Ohio State. He beat a guy and scored. Like yeah. he's not just your token finisher. Like he, no. you know, is he better than Peyton Cormier? Like that's a conversation. No, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were texting stuff like that where we're like listen maybe Peyton's holding this team back yeah and that yeah, is yeah. completely a joke because this is the dude that's averaging like six goals a game himself so if right. you have a six or seven goal scorer or six, yeah. at least six points like the dude like Peyton is now dishing the ball he's scoring on his own and he's showing that he's also not just a pure finisher yeah. that he dot he can he dodged a long stick against Ohio, he did Ohio it. State yeah he um, beat, yeah and he's in the lights like yeah and, he, and he's dishing the strobe lights like three assists like that's one of the things that we talked about a lot or i thought about was like where were they gonna get assists from yeah i wasn't super concerned because these are all very good players yeah but when you have two quarterbacks like they have and matt moore graduates and moves on like schellenberger cannot it's just not physically possible for him to assume all of the um burden all of those assists like he can't assist every single thing and so you've seen it though come from this great smattering griffin shots yeah that was the next name i was gonna bring up yeah was like four and two four goals again four goals in like very different ways he was finishing close in he was just swim dodging that one swim dodge good lord gorgeous i think the way he's using his body man he's figuring it out like against confidence he had one of the like uh, my neck is just stronger than you plays where like he 
ran through a hold, drew the flag, and still scored. Um, and he was dishing. He had two assists. He had six points against he Hopkins. Is a really good passer. Yes, he's a really good passer, and yes. it's crazy because Hill. So they they typically play him at the top of their one four one, and they have him typically dodge down that right alley to his strong right hand, and then they'll have him throw the ball behind himself like he'll he'll turn his hips and yeah. throw the ball to somebody on the crease or up top he'll also sometimes go behind the goal and do two man yeah. games but he is a he is really good eyes and really good sort of an idea and, and this goes back to sean Kerwin as well who just yeah. is mastermind especially designing cuts off ball and having his guys who have the ball knowing where they're gonna go um but shuts is a really smart player and like I, I, we talked, we got to talk to him and Macintosh after the game yesterday and sort of him and Tiffany had both sort of said, yeah, keeping him at midfield. Uh, whereas after like they, they tried to play him at attack in the off season, just has him so comfortable with so much confidence. And it just seems like he's sort of coming into his own, which is like, they didn't need a breakout sophomore year from him, but yeah. they're starting to get one. And, and you're sort of starting to see the, like, how, how does he going to score goals? Like, how is he going to be that guy? Like, is it, is it always going to be him sort of like, you know, tap dancing on GLE and getting past a guy and sort of using, but like, no, he's using his physicality. He's using his strength. Yeah. He's drawing a pole. It's impossible to figure out who to short stick. Yeah. Um, I will mention uh, on the Peyton thing, um, this was sort of a, a funny little cat and mouse thing because they didn't bring him out until about two or three minutes before the game. So, cause you, cause like I scan the field before every game, yeah. like both basketball across whatever it is to see like, okay, who, who's warming up? Who's like yeah, in street who's clothes. In street clothes yeah. And I saw Ricky <laughs> right away. Cause I was like, okay, there's Ricky. But then I, I was like making sure that there was no one new. Cause like, you never know what these like sort of three days off, like what happened, yeah. who's banked up from Richmond to whatever. And so I didn't see Peyton and then I'm down on the field and then I walk up and I get back to my computer and, and you know, you're texting me like, Peyton Cormier, is what? And I was, I was like, panicking a little bit. I, I don't know. Um, and then I'm like, I was I like, asked, you're there, figure yeah, it out. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, and then I look down on the field. And I'm like, he just like walked out and is now on the bench. Um, yeah. So a little, you know, a little trickery that well, the UVA was, was playing there. Shenanigans. Um, yeah. Um, um, but Matt Moore was also at this game as was aw, Steel Stanwick and Ken Clawson. Yeah, so Steel yeah. Sandwick was like walking around with his two kids. Ken Clausen had his kid. Steel. It was oh my like, God, this makes yeah. me feel so did you see Dom's tweet of the picture of the two of them? No. So they, Steel and and Ken sent Dom a picture of the two of them with their combined three kids, and um, then uh, Dom sort of like captioned the tweet like, "There's enough all first team All American selections in this picture for everybody to have one." <laughs> I believe Clausen had three and Steel had two. Um, and anyway, so like it, it was a great atmosphere. Kyle Harrison was there. He was on the broadcast, but he's a Hopkins guy. So yeah, but, That's, uh, anyway, yeah, um, sorry, I just found the picture. Yeah. It's yeah. Adorable. Uh, so that was also, I mean, and, uh, after the game, Matt Moore, so Connor was signing, Connor Schellenberger was signing some stuff for, for kids. And then Matt Moore sort of like walks up to him at the end and he's like, you sign my hands. Like, <laughs> oh my God, um, I love that. So that was uh very sweet. Um, of, and that's what you get in Baltimore, but. Anyway, we back haven't to the even actual mentioned. Game. We haven't even mentioned my guy. Yeah, well, Xander Dixon. How many guys like? <laughs> Slim Reaper's my dude, man. I well, actually, so well, and Peyton's been my and, long, long-standing. And, and, like, and Ricky, you got <laughs> three. You have, I got, yeah, you different. Got to spread them out, my dudes. Um, 
all offense. Peyton deserves the respect. Damn it! I'm still mad that he wasn't. He wasn't on the inside lacrosse top 100 players of the season, and I was like ready to flip a table over. I was like, yeah. I don't know what more this guy needs to do for you to like. Yeah. Um, and why my Scott talking, gets zero preseason respect too? I know. Which is I can't. Um, I was talking to my dad, and he. I told him, you know, so McConvey had one great goal. He was one for ten. He hit two pipes. Had a yeah. couple like yeah. that just went stick side or body. Yeah. Um, and I thought the Hopkins goalie played really well, actually. So um, interesting on the Hopkins goalie, actually, he played with Connor Schellenberger uh, oh. in like club growing up. And so yeah. Connor was 0 for 3 in this game. And, and we'll we'll touch on him in a second. Um, so that was interesting. But like the fact that he sort of like he he knows Schellenberger, he obviously doesn't know McConvey. Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> My that, dad was but... like, well, maybe he just missed his buddy. Yeah, that's like, what I, you know it was pretty it was kind of clear that like yeah, that not with just, those without having cormier in that two-man game yeah it's then you know like there, he's still he had a couple assists like he i thought yeah. he had really good off ball oh, movement yeah, anyway yeah, and had in yeah. the shots that he took that i thought that i thought the shots he took were good just needs a little bit better and we know he can do better on the placement like you know he's yeah, probably no. kicking himself for a couple of those because he had some really good looks yeah um but i was just like you know there's probably some of it when you're used now gotten used to your childhood best friend being on the field with you again and that that connection that two-man yeah. game all you're doing where they are but um but yeah xander had another six goal game one one cheap just throw them throw them in there too like you know whatever <laughs> man some of those shots dude obsessed with the his ability to go high to low yeah i mean like, he did have two garbage goals but they one, still well it was like one one was open net one he just kind of like that felt like playing with his food a little bit like yeah, the last one yeah. where he's just like because well, he could have thrown the ball to connor but he was like screw it i want six yeah i think he's <laughs> like i can't let patty i can't yeah. let patrick mcintosh like and he's got to get up on peyton to be the leading goal scorer on the team true That's what he really's got to see do. this is now the his opportunity comes out. <laughs> yeah exactly clearly xander just oh, such a narcissist you well know he, I mean? he like, also but he he had a dodge uh, or he had like a couple a, yeah he's he initiating a more which yeah. i love to see yeah um yeah slim reaper man dude can finish so one of the ones he painted the top like right under the for people who don't watch lacrosse, I can't, I don't even know how to explain to you how difficult some of these shots that he's making. And there's there was no windup. No, no, and wind there was up. one just... on Saturday against Richmond where I looked at you, I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, yeah. I don't even know how I did it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about Connor. Okay. So <laughs> Connor Schellenberger, I think you and I give our, as big, the, the biggest, probably Connor Schellenberger proponents in lacrosse oh, media 100%. that there are. Yeah. So we'll just like preface with that. Great dude, great player. Gonna <laughs> this sounds be... so negative. This is not gonna yeah. be negative. No, no, no. This is not. Just, this I is just an explanation. Like put this that is this. So the thing with Con so Connor is in is the leader in the clubhouse essentially for the Toraton, which is the best player in lacrosse. Yeah. And he's set to be the leading scorer in UVA lacrosse history, assuming no injuries over the next yeah. two seasons. And so he comes back. Yeah. There are people that might have looked at his last few box scores and been like, Yes this guy's underwhelming. This guy's not doing what he needs to do. Yeah. This guy. And I could not disagree more if that's the stance someone is for taking. For context, it's one goal and eight assists in the last three games for right. Connor. Yeah. And so there's a lot to understand. One is just who Connor is in the way that he plays. Yeah. In the sense, I mean, like, if there is someone that you would take first pick, hands down, no matter what, like, Connor should be the guy. Like, the ultimate yeah. team player, the most some of the best if not the best on field iq that i've seen he's least, an offensive coordinator he's another, yeah, at least yeah. since steel Steel, yeah um 
And I think I might even think that he's because he watched Steel and like he idolized. How Steel cool and, like, would that? Because I, I I believe my dad was talking to Connor after game. He's like, you know, Steel was watching you, and he was right. like, oh, that's so cool because Connor yeah. grew up watching. Yeah. Steel. Sorry, I, I'm and nerding out about it all, but this thing is when you. I highly recommend that everyone, if you're a Virginia fan, if you're not a Virginia fan, whatever, if you get a chance to watch him play in person, you should do this because mm-hmm. here's the thing that that is why even if he doesn't have he's not going to have the goals lead he probably will end up with the points lead is still my assumption um probably is the way that he plays the game is like you cannot help but watch him play and just be like completely enraptured he's brady like he's brady it's just he i don't i don't see i'm like tom brady's the worst get him out of here but it's not no sorry but but yeah it's the way that so they don't track hockey assists in lacrosse, which is kind of a bummer because I think that yeah. but everything still runs through Connor. And it's yes. evident that yeah. even if it's something where it ends up with, you know, one goal, three assists or no goals, four assists or whatever it is, yeah. the impact that he has on the game goes so much further than just the box scores. I know this, if, if someone's like, oh, this sounds like you're just making like, I'm like, it's he is the absolute he's the puppeteer out there. And in some cases. Well, he 100% would rather win another national championship than get himself the Toraton. Like, yeah, this was no a conversation like, in the press box. Yes. Yeah, zero yeah. percent. Like, and that's the thing is, he perfectly knows when to push and when to, like, look for the pass yeah. or set up his teammates. And he is surrounded by three, four guys, maybe depending on who's on the field at what time. That would be the number one option on top ten teams. Like yeah. Peyton Cormier is a really, really good lacrosse player. It's hard to say number one option because it's like how do you define number one option? True. But I get what and you're whether saying. or not you're like, saying like a quarterback versus a finisher, yeah, like that, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. But people that would lead potentially lead their teams in goal scoring. Yes, like yes. Xander Dixon is an unbelievable finisher. Peyton yeah. Cormier is an unbelievable finisher. We just spent all this time talking about the now dodging abilities and finishing abilities of of shuts. Yeah. um you patrick know you're looking McIntosh. at patrick mcintosh who's coming off the bench for good yeah. in the sake so you've yeah. got jeff connor um who's a really good two-way midfielder and so all of us and this McConaughey. is all <laughs> didn't even you can't the list guy. them all you can't I know, list who them scored all. 60 goals for vermont yeah. last year from the midfield and so what yeah. i'm saying is like it's a perfect combination with connor in there to facilitate for these amazing attack men yeah. in midfielders or however you want to say it for me like on the attack yeah. Um, while also making his own performance more subdued. And so yes. part of that is, is we talked about this against Richmond or one of the games where no matter what, still Connor's going to get the number one defender. He is oh, going yeah. to get the number one pole every single game. And that should tell you a lot about what other teams think of him. And they're right. Yeah. Like, um, so he's always going to have the best long stick defender on him and the teams that they're playing in Maryland, Michigan, Ohio state Hopkins. These are teams that have, if, even if they don't have excellent overall team defenses, these teams I just listed have excellent man to man, single defenders that they're throwing at him. So um, the situations in which he is also now able to pull that defender out of their main defense is helping the offense for Virginia. Absolutely. 
And so we, I compared it one of the games to like the 2011 championship game where steel was basically like, I live over here now in this corner and (laughs) so does your best defender who can no longer help on slides. And Colin Briggs is going to score five goals. Matt White's going to have another three or four and we're going to win the national championship. It's not that extent. He's not pulling himself out of things, but I would like to see, I think there are instances in which Connor can, I don't want to say force it a little bit more. I agree with you completely. But I think that he can call his own number a little bit more. Mm, Get a little feisty, show us some stuff. But also, it's a long season. And you know what he gets a lot? Beat to hell. Exactly. (laughs) When he's, I do want to, I'm like, I'm kind of curious if he needs new cleats because a couple of times when he's trying or like new studs and cleats. That turf stinks at Hopkins. He's just, and well, he's done it a couple of times at, yeah, at clock too. I'm just like, he's making the cut and like his legs slipping. And I'm just like, oh, that would have been a goal. But there's so many times what I love, and this is kind of rambling at this point, but like, I'll say is like, if you watch him play, you see two to three plays ahead. (laughs) Like you could see, where like there's a you know play where he's coming around and that defender who's watching you know someone else or you know he's the next guy who's on xander yeah he has to come over to connor on the crease otherwise connor will score a goal connor knows that and he's already terminator evaluating yes and knows exactly when not just like oh he, he can get the pass up he knows exactly when to pass the ball when that defender makes his first move towards Connor and goes off balance to find his teammate in the best possible position with the best possible angle to score the goal. And it works most of the time. And honestly, you know, they probably own a few drinks because there's some really nice setups that that he's made for them where they, you know, miss the cage or how to say it. But oh yeah, I just want, this is like to say, I think, you know, the Toratons voted on, but, and this is a long season. And I know it's like, this is not the most important thing this season. This is yeah. probably, not probably, this is the best team I think that Lars has had in Charlottesville. And that's bold to say with two national championships under their belt in the last three years, or whatever, four seasons, yeah. three, 2021 four years, three seasons. Tough because you got Jared Connors. It's true. And I but, do, you know, like Noons is still young and Road was an excellent yeah, goalie. Like yeah. those are things you just have to kind of whatever. But we're just like saying they're better than 2019. We're just like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, 19 was great, but they kept us stressed the whole yeah. time. And even 2021 had a lot of close games. Yeah. They, we're not, this is a, this is the best offense I think I've seen since 2006. I'll say it. Consistently best Virginia offense since that team that went 17 and 0. Yeah. I'm trying I don't to know what that. else you, cause they're, they're crushing people. Yeah. I think. And yeah, the, the, the potential, especially because it's yes. it, March and May are completely oh, different. Two, two, but that's, that's what I'm saying. When I look at 2021, 2021 team wasn't doing this to teams in no, March. No. They, they were, they started year one and two. Yeah. No. Like they weren't doing this to teams. Was that 2019? I mixed the two seasons up a lot. I know, but it's anyway. hard when you, all the national championship seasons. Are yeah. Hard to just, track uh, of. yeah. <laughs> um, um, I will say with Connor, I, your point on his injuries, that is a, that is something that is very relevant last yeah. year by he was beat up throughout the season and part of me is like maybe there's a little bit of a okay connor like go at your guy a couple times but we can score 18 against johns hopkins without you dodging your guy 10 That's times the thing. and they're, they're scoring all these goals without right. needing connor to score all these goals yeah, exactly and so like okay pull it pull him like do your thing against Maryland. Go all out against Maryland. Go all out against Notre Dame. One of those games. I don't know. You lose one, you win one. Like, but this is the luxury that yeah. they have. You know what I mean? And I think 
avoiding injury to him is key because what did we see in 2021? We saw Connor Schellenberger like come into the four in the tournament. And then some of that was just because it was his first year playing, but you got to see him essentially fresh, not having to go against the other team's number one defender throughout the season. This was also true to some degree in 2011 for Steel Stanwick, where whereas the Bradens were the focus of other teams' scouting reports for most of the season. Oh, yeah, they had to retool that whole offense. Exactly. But he wasn't beat up because he wasn't the focus of defenses throughout the season. In 2012, he was beat up throughout the year because that's the guy that he was. And I think that there's a parallel there, 2011 to 2012 and 2021 to 2022, where Connor was just beat on all season he's really good at putting his shoulder into someone but eventually that shoulder is going to wear down a little bit and you're going to get banged up and so I think that like avoiding that in the fifth game of the season is smart um I think in the pick and roll behind the net teams don't know how to play it it's impossible to play it's oh it's lose lose if you stay on Connor especially when he's setting the pick it's fascinating to watch Mm -hmm. because it's it's like having a a Kyle guy who's seven foot setting a pick. I guess you could say Jay Huff, but like, I don't want to call Connor Schoenberg Jay Huff because like, whatever. Um, but it's like having a guy where like, you can't help off of him. You just no, can't. And if cannot. you do, you're screwed on the backside. But that guy that's going off the pick is Jeff Connor or it's Xander Dixon or it's hell Griffin shuts even. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're driving up field with a step on their defender and they're either going to score or make the right pass. So it's like, pick your poison here. He and doesn't Hawkins, have to force things right. because he, because he literally doesn't have to. His presence yeah. in and of itself. It's incredible. such so a threat. That's the thing. Like, you know, you'll look at the end of the season and like Duke's <laughs> Brennan O'Neill will have more player of the week honors than more goals. Than Connor. Yeah. He'll have more goals. Like, maybe i don't well we'll see like i don't know if i'll have more points on our relationship well who knows yeah that's hard but there's no and that's the thing it's like he's not a like connor's the best player in the acc i'm sorry like i just it's yeah. it's gonna be it's going to be very difficult for someone to convince me otherwise and this is not some like homer take like it's you want my again i don't want to always like bring my like, oh my dad watched it but like my dad was at the game against richmond and i was talking to him at halftime and he's like it's unreal to watch connor play back there like yeah. you can see it all happening like it's yeah. you can see him calculating and and the relationship that he has with his teammates now over this time because they've all played together for a while right. so like xander dixon told us he's like i know when connor's looking to pass or when yeah. he's looking to take his own guy or when he's going to set a pick or he wants me to set a pick and yeah. they can communicate all that stuff without really like talking on the field they just know yeah. and so it's you know, if you put him in a different offense on a different team, he probably has more goals. Probably. But they don't need him to to do it. Exactly. Exactly. And this is where it comes in with the whole unselfishness thing is he does not care who puts it in the goal. Does not care. He, he would, he's had, he has, I was going to say he'd throw it to a defenseman on the crease. He has multiple times, <laughs> multiple times. One was a turnover. One was a goal. So like, but that's the, person the, has a better, that's the person Tiffany's... has a better look at the goal than he thinks he does. And he thinks that it is going to up the chance that they score. Even yeah. if like the first one that he passed into the door, I think it was to consolidate or something on the crease. It was Mc... I was like, Connor, you probably have a better shot at that. The one. game against Michigan. Was it? Oh yeah, I may have been that. That one. was McNeil, I think. Or maybe <laughs> yeah, that was Harvard. The... Yeah. yeah, and it's like this guy is playing in his first career game, and Connor's yeah, like, like that one on the crease. Like, There's a yeah back score. <laughs> that one, I was like, Connor, that one was probably yours. Yeah. But then Mitch to Mitchell um, Wayland against Richmond. 
and it was like, beautiful. It was beautiful, and that was, I believe, yeah. that was Mitchell Whalen's first career goal. It was his first career like, goal. Like, that's he's what happens. It. He, that's the thing. If you're like, if you're passing it to Jared Connors, choked up yeah. on the crease, hundred yeah. goal, beautiful idea, right, right. wonderful idea. Yeah. Um, and he's still he's got the trust, and that's and it's you know it's just he's incredible and i i just wanted to make sure that we had this conversation about like you know yes i'd like i would love to see him take fools to town but he doesn't have like if he starts the dodge and has a step on his guy he now has three should be first team all americans waiting right (laughs) i also think one thing i mean he's so technically sound he has 10 ground balls total in the last three games he's so good on the ground whenever Mm -hmm. the ball is loose it's his yeah, like it, just, it's his ball and it's like lyle thompson-esque where like if the ball's on the floor they're just they he gets it and and, and like it, it's he's just so and yeah he had a couple turnovers also he's usually the guy to dump the ball in the corner so he gets an extra turnover per yeah. game which is annoying but whatever um as you know people who want him to win the tour ton but uh <laughs> regardless i think we've made our point fairly yeah. clear <laughs> on connor schellenberger he's and, the best and yeah been and the so yeah regardless this, of if he this has is 50 million being goals. with all of our chaos with naming the podcast this might just be the connor schellenberger fan <laughs> podcast we might just change the name and just sort <laughs> of run with it just embrace yeah. it fully uh, um, i will say so we talked a little bit about better fewer penalties better man up defense yeah um the other thing that i would like to see this the ride hasn't been as intense this year and it part was, of that is Laviano. Part of that is is more. Hopkins did have four failed they clears. Did. They were seventeen for twenty-one, which is I around saw an 80%. improvement. I saw an improvement there, but and then this is this is the nitpickiest of of nits. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like you know, it's just okay. What are some things that we'd like to see improvements on? Because yeah, yeah. even last year, like you, there were times where you could be like, I think the shooting, like their shooting, hasn't been great. I think mm-hmm. the shooting's been pretty good. You know, yeah, like we talked about McConvey, but you know, everyone's allowed a game. Um, yeah. Yeah. McConvey, the thing about McConvey is that like, so he's a box guy's number one pick in the NLL draft, which is yeah. the indoor box uh, professional league. He wants to place the ball right where he, he, he's going to shoot for a, just a, an inch of, of space. And typically that's going to be next to the pipe. And so when yep. he misses by an inch, it's going to hit pipe. the pipe. Or he's he like, I'm going to sneak this right under the goalie's stick. And that one time yeah. he did it earlier in the game, you're like, oh my God. And the other couple he times was screened, He was screened so well too. Oh like my he, God, he it was it, gorgeous. It was, yeah. Like yeah. the goalie was just like, I didn't even know you were shooting that. Yeah, exactly. And I will uh, say both of his um, shots that hit the pipe were yeah. extraordinarily well-timed and backed up, yes. which gave and them another minute reset. on offense. Oh yeah. yeah. No, that was those were both big. So I was like, um, Part of me wondering if he just did it. No, he just did it. You know, he he was like, I want to put this off the right side of the right pipe yeah. so it balances into the corner where Connor can go and get it. We're gonna shot clock reset. We're gonna wind it down fifty yep. seconds. Then True at Sunderland, our freshman attackman, is gonna dodge from up top, hit our fifth attackman, Patrick McIntosh, fifth or sixth attackman, Patrick McIntosh, yeah. who's gonna be sweeping across the middle and it's gonna bounce the ball and hit like top right and and beat the goal like, with a screw. So. That's Excellent. that's the other thing about this offense. It's like, and we should probably wrap this up because we've been talking for a while here. But <laughs> it's so they can look like discombobulated. They can look like nothing's there, and all of a sudden it's just in the back of the net. Yeah. Just like oh, th- yeah. that is how good this offense and this team is, and how capable they are. Where it was like against Hopkins, there were distinct moments where it was sort of like, God, the offense is it's not playing incredibly well. And then you're like, Oh, they're up six nothing. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's like wait a minute. Okay, yeah. 
um yeah, and some there of was a little chaos at times. right and i think i do think the wind it's hard to affect a lacrosse ball with how solid it is but i do think that the wind played somewhat of a role in the game just like it was it was a weird environment like the the, the weather was sort of yeah. weird for that game because it was and then you have like as a lot of across fields and stadiums have it's like half of the field is taken up by stands it's like shadow there's a, a shadow so there's shade and then half weird of it is time to play a game weird at 4 p.m because like yeah. the sun is setting and it's anyway um but yeah that being said team's looking you know pretty solid um one of the three uh unbeaten teens left or at least among sort of like major uh top 20 shout teams. out shout out to the ladies also undefeated the only uh school with two undefeated lacrosse teams well i mean not that there's there would be someone with not three but third, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um yeah so the only they are but, having a solid start to the season yeah, which is good to see um yeah and uh yeah, I mean, I, you know, Maryland in a week and a half, that's the that's the big one. And then, you know, Notre Dame as well, number two in the country, he's going to have. And I guess Duke is number five, although that is BS in my opinion. I think Duke should be like eight or nine. You don't you don't move up to five after beating unranked Cuse by one in the Dome. They also have a one goal win over Denver. Didn't they, they call Cuse? Wasn't Cuse ranked in that game? Weren't they like 20 or something? Probably, they, they keep going back and forth between 20th and out of it. And then they beat Penn by two on the road, and Penn kind of seems to stink. Yeah. Um, Sam we'll Handley see. is worse than Griffin Schutz, uh, hot take. Um, or well, not hard to be because yeah, um, a lot of people are worse than Griffin Schutz. <laughs> uh, I think we'll yeah. I, I don't know any other any other lacrosse notes, basketball tidbits you want to throw out because you know we haven't had you on the I basketball podcast in a while. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm um, shout out to our guy Reese Beekman. I legitimately, oh, yeah. legitimately, that starting five of the five Tony Bennett players that have won Defensive Player of the Year for the oh, ACC. Yeah, yeah. That team would not only never let anyone score that team would put up buckets so you've got darion at the five you got isaiah yeah. wilkins at the four uh-huh. dre at the three brogs at the two Reese wanting the show running the show at the one give uh-huh. me that team every day of the week are you kidding me there's no, no one points coming from that team. front court but yeah no I are you kidding me darion atkins and isaiah come on Sh- tell me you didn't watch any da games is what you're telling me right now no Darion. listen i was um a wee lad but we're talking darian fourth year darian. darian fourth year with a little post stop sort of hook yes. that he could run yeah okay 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 look like if i like offensively you definitely get like a keel mitchell yeah. gets a nod offensively yeah, but yeah. i think we don't give darian near I enough keel won defensive player of the year mm-hmm. why did i think he won it because he shut down what's his face parker in the that acc championship he did game that game well. was awesome i thought he deserved to win it um, uh reese said he was getting treatment he was getting a massage <laughs> like when um tony bennett tried to call him and tell him he got it so he got a call oh, from geez. his mom afterwards and said he got huh. it um and then armand gave me the great soundbite that was like yeah we we're stoked like man he should have gotten it last year in my opinion it's like yeah yeah, yeah agree exactly. right. um but yeah, yeah. so they, it's a it's an interesting you know i'm very excited for you know i don't really you don't really think about the emotion that like Jaden Gardner show before senior day was awesome. Like I absolutely love, yeah, yeah, love, love, love that. And part of that, that, you know, that, that factors in is both him and Armand, they came to Virginia because they wanted to go to the postseason because they wanted right. to win a conference regular season title, which they've done now. And like, 
heading into Greensboro last year, they were in, you better win a couple games. Like they were on the wrong side of the bubble or like right. as bubbly as you can be. Right. And while I think end of the season, Virginia was probably a 10 seed. Yeah. Not maybe a nine, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You can't overcome the Navy and JMU losses. And I get that. And that's just how it works. Like that's fine. So heading into, um, ACC tournament with totally vibe. different vibes yeah. because now they're going to be most likely barring a disaster a top four seed like yeah. that's great and that's a very different like that's such an achievement and I understand that the stuff in the postseason matters it does wins right. matter Virginia yeah. hasn't won a game since they won the title I get that I get that the <laughs> 2020 season was canceled 2021 was the whole mess with like yeah you know um not having any practice before facing a team that everyone knew was going to be t- like heads yeah. up now everybody get ready for them to put Char- uh, charleston with virginia like yeah. just prepare yourself mentally it's going to happen <laughs> maybe i'm trying to like talk it out of existence but like i'm fully prepared because that's the mid-major that everyone's like this is the one that'll mess with virginia and they always do it. whatever maybe yeah. being a little salty now but um but I just like to take a step back every once in a while and remember 2007, Caroline, as an under... Or, no, that's not even fair. 2007 actually had a relatively good yeah, team. Yeah, no, I was going to say. 2006, 2005, baby. 2004, Caroline. <laughs> like, or then you go into 2008, 2009, Caroline. Like, any yeah. of those in there. Yeah. A top four seed is so hard. And, like, the way that Virginia has dominated the ACC in the last 10 years, like, is incredible. And I just want to make yeah. sure people never forget that because six out of 10... <laughs> regular season titles has been done now by four coaches yeah Coach Bay, dean smith roy williams and tony bennett like that's awesome so yeah. i'm excited for these guys to have a chance to i want kihei to, i will tell you what i want kihei to get an acc tournament title to go with it yeah i i he doesn't have one of those i want them to either <laughs> lose to carolina in the quarters or go and win it i just i either yeah get i get the that rest. argument with like like even rest, if yeah. it drops into a five seed, which I don't think it would. Ooh, I don't. I, I don't see. Know. I'm I'm very much right now in the like stay out of that five twelve game. Yeah. Um. No, I get that. Like that's um, dangerous territory. Uh, all ACC will just jump back to it because it's fun to be mad. Um. No first or second teamers for UVA. Do you have a? I do not. I. Do you have a problem with that? Because I do. I do. Um, I don't think Jarkel Joyner should be second team over Kihei. Like, that's ridiculous <laughs> to me. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, six seed, Jarkel like, the, NC State got, like, Turquay Von Smith, a very good player. Like, I, I probably deserve the second team over Reese and Kihei. And Reese didn't play as well late in the season, which hurt him. It was just that four game stretch for Reese, basically. It was a four game yeah. stretch for, like, all of Virginia. But the thing is, but, like, yeah. it's hard. Know. It's I hard thought Kia should have been second team. I was I was thinking like they would f- put him first team as like a legacy thing, you know. A lot of times they'll say who's the best player on the best on the best team, right? Who's and the it's best Wong. player on this? I mean, it was Isaiah. Well, Wong, yeah, I agree. I think it was I, yeah, Wong yeah. was my pick for player of the year, and I think they yeah, got yeah. it right with Capel, and I think they got it right with Filipowski as the rookie of the year, and I think yeah. they got it right with Reese Beekman as defensive player of the year. And All those were excellent. Sixth man because they were. It's no um. You know, BVP is... was second in six man voting. I know like that's okay um I just mean like I just mean the sense like he started a lot yeah no, no, I don't know what the requirements are for six man but also Justin Anderson got it which is kind of like 
Yeah. Yeah, he was coming off the bench, but it was one of those six man such a weird one because like the way Tony does it is not he like first guy the bench. Man. It's more yeah. like, you know, you get minutes for whatever. Yeah. Um this season I do think was extremely difficult because I don't think that there were like I think there were a lot of really good players in the ACC and very few like elite players in the yeah. ACC. And that's not to be like, oh, ACC is terrible. They're down, like whatever. I just think that there were a lot of really solid players that, you know, and I think Armand should have gotten. I think Armand should have been mention. honorable mention. I think it's kind of, you know, like, I don't I thought know. those four guys should have all yes. been in there and one of them should have been given a second team nod. Yes. And I yeah. think it should have been Kihei just because he's averaging he's like the second leading scorer he's also he's like first in the in the conference in assist rate like yeah the the whole yeah, pace stuff pisses me off oh, and i know that's that this the is problem. like that's ages the thing. old they, yeah i know this has been going on well before i was because even you know jarkel yeah. joiner's on i mean jarkel joiner is a very good player no um, yeah, he's but also they, like people two look for at 14 against uva people look at the um per game stats and it's yeah. a terrible way to assess who the best players are. Yeah. It can be a portion of it. Cause if someone's averaging 20 points a game or whatever, like that's yeah. impressive, but I don't think that I would say Appleby was one of the five best players in the league. Yeah. Like if I'm drafting a team, I'm taking Kihei over Appleby. I'm taking Reese way before I take Appleby. And that's not, again, this, and people are like, oh, she's you know, knocking on Wake. Like, no, I'm not trying to knock on Wake. He's a good, the Wake he's fans, a this, this yeah. cross podcast, we're so pissed off. <laughs> if they've stayed all the way through here <laughs> to find this, congrats to you. Um, I'm looking for the Tyree Appleby. It's game. a vol, like, a lot of these are, like, volume plays, and I don't like voting on volume. Um, yeah. Because it's just, I don't think that's the best way to illustrate who the best players in the league were. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I don't know. Who would you say is the best player on the team? Yeah, that's the question. I, I don't think, know. And I'm not trying to do a gotcha. It, I think it's a wish very good it was balance. Reese. I think you wish it was Reese because you wish that Reese like carried that early season form and he kind of hasn't while also being the EC defensive player of the year. So it's like, yeah. it's hard to like sort of, yeah, but I, yeah, it's probably been, Reese or Kie. He's been hurt, which I hate for yeah. him. Wait, and I, th- I wonder I think how my, much that's bothering him now. My like headcanon thing that I've made up is because that stretch after, I think that there was some, I think he may have aggravated something I think that's what a lot on the people... Filipowski play. Yeah. Because uh, he hit the ground hard. I, I, yeah. um, I, I, I so, think you know, there's a widespread was... conspiracy that <laughs> Reese well, has been banned. No, it's not a conspiracy. <laughs> no, I know. Um, um, oh, also, <laughs> let me just throw this out there. I learned this. I asked Ryan Dunn what he thought of the uh, top done graphic. And he's yeah. like, I loved it. He's like, I got to see it before they posted it, like to give it like, you know, yeah, this yeah. Is cool with you type thing. And he was like, but I haven't seen either of the movies. <laughs> you must have just like fainted like, on the spot. I was like, Ryan. So then I talked to McNeely, who, by the way, this is this is what I'm talking about. McNeely is going to be a first team all ACC player for sure. No doubt in my mind. You know, yeah. Pin this podcast, pin this last podcast. Done, and because and this is one of the things this man's iq and attention to detail and head on a swivel is well beyond his years so we're in jpj around the they put the players around the court we have 20 minutes or whatever there's a countdown going and i know that the end the buzzer like the 
horn sounds and it makes yeah. me jump through my skin every single time yeah and so i'm trying to get i've got like a minute and a half left and no one's talking to mcneely and i'm like yes so i like fast walk over there real awkwardly i'm asking a couple <laughs> that questions is the, it's the most awkward little oh, walk so across dpj because you can't jog no and then yeah. i had like this really awkward like eye contact thing with two other players and then i was like sorry guys i'm not coming to talk to you <laughs> like, you feel really bad you're like it's not that you're less important i'm just worrying on one specific story um and then you just feel like a weirdo and so i get to isaac like sorry kihei don't love you (laughs) and so i'm looking i'm talking to isaac i'm looking at him and then i keep looking up over my shoulder at the clock and i told him i was like i'm listening this is not personal i don't want to jump through my skin when this thing goes off yeah he's like no i got you and so i asked him a question he's answering it and he when we talk about like buzzer beater perfectly finishes his statement and his thought and gets it in with like point two finishes a sentence pause and we're like from rural west virginia he's got some media oh he's media savvy and so is ryan dunn yeah excellent conversations to have with those and oh man they're great great they're really great kids i hate saying kids i mean like i feel old and i'm like they're really wonderful men like sounds like a weird statement so whatever you know what i mean like they're really really way like they're ahead of uh they're very impressive they're, they're ahead of deandre hunter in deandre hunter's third year <laughs> all they were who was just and that's the, things like some yeah. people have the you know like they like or know how they want to answer things and deandre's just yeah. a very quiet person like once yeah. you get to know him like he's very outgoing like so yeah. and like jokes around with kyle and ty like we understand yeah. that he has got that and that he doesn't need to have that with us that's fine yeah. but these guys just already have such a great um enthusiasm and way of communicating with the press it's incredible and so as someone who covers the teams you're like yeah. thank goodness you guys are delights this is wonderful right. um and so it was funny too because i was talking to one of the other guys and like yeah armand didn't get it off in time he was still talking and the buzzer went off <laughs> so it was a it was a fun like he's like i don't think i can use any of that video because it goes uh, right in the middle yeah, of the... that's annoying but anyway those are my um, those are my anecdotes from oh and i was gonna say i talked to mcneely and mcneely was like oh yeah i've seen both top guns they're great he's like i gotta get him on that and i was like please do thank you yeah, absolutely so, um i've reached my top gun quota for everything good guns. good i'm glad yeah i'm glad we could get that in there um i think that will wrap it up for us pierce have fun editing this uh it's gonna cut all that out yeah um but yeah thank you all for listening we'll be back uh probably I guess what a week and a half, two weeks, whatever it is to talk about Maryland. Um, and before things really heat up for ACC play for the UVA lacrosse team, the uh, other, I don't know, it's all the streaking on podcast, but Ben Pierce and I will be back some point soon. We'll talk about selection Sunday when that happens, talk about the ACC tournament, depending on how UVA does um, and stay tuned to the blog for all of the coverage on the lacrosse team, baseball team, basketball team, that your heart could desire. And uh, once again, thank you all for listening and go Hoos.